Well, folks, welcome back to the Solar Surge podcast. I have another special guest for you today. Lynn Tran is the VP of Product Marketing for Franklin Whole Home Battery. And as you know, if you've been following the channel for a while, the Franklin Whole Home Battery System is one of the most exciting products that we've been covering over the past year. And Lynn has agreed to spend some time and really sit down with us and, and tell us a little bit more of her story, not just what you're doing now at Franklin, but how you got into the solar and battery storage industry and, and where you'd like to go from here. So Lynn, thank you so much for joining us and welcome, welcome to the podcast. Great, thank you, Joe. Thanks for having me. Um, I started in the energy space by using thermal storage actually to uh, mitigate energy usage on the electrical grid and uh, ultimately prevent rolling blackouts. So as technology has improved, instead of using thermal storage to mitigate the energy on the grid, it's simply just using lithium storage. And lithium storage is a very niche industry, even though we use uh, lithium batteries for, for decades. The reason being is because there's so few tier one cell manufacturers in the world. And uh, shortly after introducing Tesla to some of their first commercial uh, customers in California, I started looking around lithium storage and researching and then Big Brother reached out and all of a sudden I had a position with LG Chem. I definitely took the position because it allowed me an opportunity to work at a company that is so unique uh, in, the, in nature and also at the right time in the industry where energy storage was uh, vastly being developed. So I was in a position where I was supporting all markets and uh, all different types of customers and really developing products from the inside out that you currently see commercially available on the market. So using lithium storage now for home batteries is providing emergency backup power, uh, time of use, energy bill savings, and being able to have visibility and full control over all of the electrons either being produced or consumed in the house. And um, I hope that I can share my knowledge of lithium batteries to anyone that is considering solar and getting storage for their homes because there's not a lot of information out there readily available to consumers about what to look for in a battery. There's, it's very easy to make a battery spec sheet very complicated and uh, dilute a lot of the value that the information that you need from it. And I think that I can help homeowners really cut through a lot of the noise in trying to evaluate what kind of product is going to be able to meet their needs. So I just want whatever I know to be shared with homeowners because I know I was in a very unique position and not many people have the opportunity to work for a cell manufacturer and see the industry grow to where it is now. So I have a very good vantage point and, and want to share. Absolutely. Well, you know, here on Solar Search, we're, we're big on education. You know, that's, that's one of our core philosophies is that if you can provide as much value up front through education, then when a potential system owner is ready to go shopping, they're ready to actually buy something, you know, chances are they're going to buy from you because you, you've been the one to kind of explain things to them and help them through this decision making process. Um, but it's really exciting for me to talk to somebody who's been in, in the solar and storage space for as long or maybe even longer than I have. Now, I know when I started with solar and battery storage, we were using like golf cart batteries. Literally, we were using golf cart batteries, forklift batteries, 
they were big, ugly. Um, you, you could spill sulfuric acid on yourself if you weren't careful. But it was what was available. Right, mm -hmm. right. And, and that's how I started. I was doing purely off-grid systems when I started in solar. And it wasn't until around 2014, 2015 that we actually started even offering grid-tied systems uh, when I was installing. Um, so what, what were you doing around that time? I know you said you, so you worked for a cell manufacturer and then you ultimately started with LG Chem. What was it like on that side at, at that time when, when solar and storage was kind of just getting, just becoming, just becoming a, a category? It was the wild west. There, I, I, how I would summarize the industry from about 2014 to today has been an exceptional learning curve and uh, very, very high growth of innovation in the industry. So, <clears throat> for example, when I first started at LG Chem, I supported utility scale projects, commercial projects, and residential batteries. So around that time when you started getting involved in the, the messy batteries that were available, the lithium ion industry um, had been advancing significantly because of electric vehicles. And like Tesla, for example, they're in a vehicle manufacturer. And they also have a Powerwall product because they're very similar uh, very large format lithium battery products. So in the industry, to have an energy storage system, you need to have lithium batteries, power conditioning, and controls. You need those three components. Every three, those three components are fundamental for any uh, energy storage system that you would ever be interested in. The concept of our industry and a lot from how the industry started was a lot of partnering. The hardware people were trying to partner together. This, the batteries were trying to integrate with the inverters. And then the software was trying to integrate and lay on top of the hardware set. And in the early part of the industry, everybody was trying to build their own battery. It was build or buy, build or buy. That was the B2B world of I want to buy a battery. I want to talk to LG and will you supply me batteries? The answer nine times out of 10 was no, or 99 times out of 100 was no. And the reason is because tier one cell suppliers are supplying the automotive industry and they work on five-year supply contracts and little residential home batteries is the value add to a consumer is still being proven. And it's very hard in my personal opinion and a little bit of insight from the B2B space, um, consumers have as much to benefit from co-located home batteries as the utility does. But right now the utility is, the utilities don't generally are forthcoming with this information that these type of grid service programs, the programs that help keep blackouts at bay and keep blackouts, the, the rotating outages from happening, they're not informing customers, hey, if you're considering solar, you should know that your power production can be used on the grid and I'm willing to pay you for that. And that needs to be shared with consumers so that you know that when you're procuring your solar system and someone's putting your, your solar deal together, that they are, that you're not cutting yourself out of an opportunity to earn money on your battery. So the energy that you store in your battery can be dumped on the grid 
a good dollar value when the time is right. And I don't see consumers having a fair shot at that because of how our industry is, is aligned. Well, let's, let's, let's dig more into that because I have a lot to learn on this space too. Um, when I was first getting into to solar and batteries, as, as most of you know, it was for emergency backup purposes, right? People wanted to back up certain circuits within their home, water pump, refrigerator, mm -hmm. so on and so forth. And we would put in a system just to do that. Now, this idea, and I think I guess a lot of it is with the new net metering rules in California are opening this opportunity. But um, if you can help the audience understand, so this idea that you could kind of dump energy from your battery into the grid, depending on the time, you could get paid a premium price for it that allows you to profit. How, how, how does all that work? Just take yeah. it from a very basic level. How does all that work? Sure. Uh, the energy that you store in your battery can be discharged in a whole bunch of neighborhoods together. If they all do that at the same time, it's a big chunk of energy off the grid. And during times of electrical congestion on the grid, doing that in sync, in, in sync helps us avoid rolling blackouts. And in terms of like in California, we have wildfires um, uh, and high winds. They'll actually shut down our power lines deliberately and causing outages. And um, well, if we all work together to help mitigate the outages by discharging the energy, we can keep the lights on for everybody. The revenue that comes into play is when you allow your asset to be your home to be registered in what they call a demand response program or a VPP, a virtual power plant program, then you're agreeing that your electric system, your solar and battery system will be participating by discharging when they need that energy. And in, in, in return for that, you are incentivized with money because you own that equipment. So does this mean, all right, I've got a lot of questions about this. We, we have to understand this. So, so the, this means that if you invest in a solar and battery storage system for your home, if you're a residential homeowner and you sign up for the virtual power plant program, then, then basically you can choose to allow the utility to pull from your battery if it needs it to maybe to meet the demands of your neighborhood and then they would they would pay pay you for that and how, how does that work um you're incentivized different programs are going to be structured all differently and you just have to check with your local installer and make sure that there are some rebate programs um, for example if you you know you get fourteen hundred dollars off up front if you decide, if you enroll the first two years of your home into a pilot program for the utility, the it's, it's very short-sighted. That's that's more you're giving control so that the utility understands how they can earn money on the same equipment that you would buy. I don't know if that makes sense, mm -hmm. but. Um, if I may, if you don't have to take my word for it, the Rocky Mountain Institute of Power, you can find, uh, if you just do a simple Google, uh, 13 value add of batteries, energy storage. And you'll see that utilities, corporations, and consumers are all three equal shareholders of uh, energy storage. And consumers just don't have a huge disadvantage of having a lack of information, which I'm trying to to bridge that gap um, because those types of programs are being ran by the utilities and corporations. And I think consumers should have their fair share. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, now, where do you think the deficiency is in terms of the, the, the consumer education? Is it something that, that the solar or battery storage installation company is, is, is not adequately educating them at the time of sale? Is it something that the utilities are withholding because the utilities don't want to actually pay for this, this stored energy? Uh, wh where, where, do, where do things need to change so that homeowners can take, who want to take advantage of this program can take advantage? You know, it's not just a program. It's a concept of changing how you procure your, your energy supply, becoming grid-free. And to be honest with you, Joe, I don't know whose job it is to explain how all of this works to uh, the consumer. But what I do know is that consumers have a, a huge lack of choice. And I, that's why I, I wanted to create a forum and a, a way for homeowners to uh, be able to do a little bit of due diligence and get as much evaluation and qualification done that they need for their solar projects um, as quickly as possible. But I honestly, I don't know where they would go for this information outside of just listening to your podcast. Well, and, and yours as well. I know one of the things you shared with me yesterday, and I, I know you're, you're passionate about this, just, just educating the marketplace you know, as, as we are here. So I know you've started some things on social media as well, correct? Just to kind of get some, you know, answers to frequently asked questions and things out there. So tell the audience a little bit, you know, where, where can they follow you and what are some of the, the topics that you're speaking on and teaching on specifically? Yeah, great. So thanks, Joe. I, I the big part for me is when I'm done with work, you know, I have my regular nine to five job and I'm committed to the industry, but there's a lot that goes on in solar that isn't shared. And there's a lot of shade in solar. And I think that there can be a lot of integrity uh, put back into, and, and that's why I'm so thankful to be working with you, Joe. Um, my uh, social media handle is LT Off Duty. And the reason why that is, is because I don't want to promote my specific employer or my product that I'm behind, but rather just give information and provide that forum for people to ask questions. And I can try to go and, and get answers if I don't have them myself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and folks, just just to, just to be clear, I mean, neither of us are being paid to be here right now talking about this. This is a, a topic and it's, it's a space that we've chosen to work in because we, for whatever reason, we feel that this is the way that things need to go in the future. And we want to make sure that, that people that are participating, whether as a homeowner, as a contractor, as a manufacturer, that people are doing it with the best information possible. Um, so, so Lynn, I'm glad that you started with the social media. I think that's great. And I think there's still such a big content void within our space, you know, because I still get people telling me, Joe, you need to make a video on this. You need to make a video on this. And I, I try to do my best to keep up with all that. Um, but even I, I don't have all the answers. And I've been working in this field for 10 years. I don't have all the answers. And, and, and I actually intend to bring a lot of you all in the audience with me as I, as I learn about this myself and how all this works. I have to give you props, Joe. One thing that I really appreciate is the level of transparency that you give. Um, good news, bad news, all of the news you give transparency that I think is hugely lacking in anything energy related in this country. So I, I just want to give props that if the transparency can continue, it's I just think it's the right path for uh, for all of us at the end of the day to have a choice on how we get our energy. So. Yeah, thank thank you for that. Thank mm -hmm. you for that. And that's you know my my whole thing and why I got into this in the first place was I I want people to have more choice, more control over their energy situation and and, and thereby to become more self sufficient. So, 
But anyway, there's a lot going on in our industry now. As you know, a lot of new battery companies. And every time I go to these shows, I'm, I'm always amazed at there's a new branded battery out there from a manufacturer that I've heard of the brand, but I've never knew that they had anything to do with battery storage, but now they have their battery and they're part of the conversation. Um, why do you think there are so many companies or why do you think that seems that all of the top solar brands, whether they were into batteries or not, now want to be part of this battery experience, this battery conversation? There's so much value to energy storage. So much value. <clears throat> and homeowner uh, solar and storage is more valuable than the utility owning a big 300 megawatt hour battery plant. It's in there's no one in this industry that's going to convey that to a consumer, but that's the magnitude of the change that can happen with residential rooftop solar and storage deployments. Um, I got derailed there. Uh, it was, um, oh, it, it was, it, why, why are all these people getting uh, into batteries? Like, you know, everybody wants a battery. Mm -hmm. So everybody wants a battery because there's so much value add, uh, to, to get from owning, operating, somehow being involved with the battery. Batteries are everywhere. Think about it. Uh, we don't buy anything based on the battery. Never have we picked a cell phone or a laptop based specifically on um, the battery type or the battery chemistry or cell historically. Uh, and now we are basing how we become gridless and power our entire home, our safety, our security based on the battery. So it's a complete flip the script in our consumer history of, of how we go around and use energy storage. But I refer back to, again, not my data, Rocky Mountain Institute, uh, 13 value add of energy storage. And you'll see there's just as much value add for a consumer to get out of an energy storage system as the utility. When you put rooftop solar and storage on your house, you become your own utility and you're flipping the script. Now you now the utility wants the power that you can generate from your address because they're they're having troubles on their grid. And that choice of who you talk to to learn about solar, who do you go to to buy your solar, who installs your solar, who finances your solar, all of that equation is your choice. And that's not something we're accustomed to because never in our lifetime have we bought energy in a free market. So we have the opportunity to change that now and it all begins with transparency. Yeah. It begins with you. Yeah, and, and, and education. And I'm glad that you, you explained it that way because that's exactly right. For for decades, ever since the electric grid was introduced, it was, at least as far as I can remember, it's always been this monopolistic structure. This is your power company. This is how much you pay or we turn the lights off. And people are kind of like beaten down into that kind of uh, position where they're, they're kind of kind of needy and weak. I hate to say it like that, but that, that's what it is. is you're, you're just kind of like, take it or leave it. This is what, what you else get. What else are you going to do? Because what else are you going to do? And, and what we're saying now is no, now you actually have energy choice. It's a little bit complicated. You have to understand concepts like harvesting energy, storing energy, inverting, transforming. Yes, I understand that there's, there's some things to learn here, but if you take the, the time and learn it, and then if you choose to take the step to actually acquire one of these systems, you can own the means of providing your own energy. In other words, you can be self-sufficient or energy independent, as we say, you say, you know, gridless. But the idea is you can actually take control of that part of your life as opposed to just taking whatever they give you, right? And that, that's mentally, I think there's like a mental shift that needs to happen that say, hey, wait a second, I can do this for myself. There's, 
more responsibility with that freedom, but there's more freedom at the end of the day. Correct. And I, I think that's, that's the American way is, is having the freedom to choose, uh, you know, how you live your life. And especially when it comes to your energy security, it directly relates to your safety and security and, and in life and death in some scenarios. So it's very nice to be able to choose to not pay your utility $500 a month when they're you know, guilty of 84 counts of murder, you know, it's good to have that choice. And it's, it's, it's makes me okay working the off duty hours, knowing that what we're doing is ultimately to, to change that. It's a big change. It'll be huge in the history of mankind, but the potential is all there. It's, it's all right there. And I think with the time and the due diligence and a little bit of learning curve, we have an opportunity to completely change uh, the previously uh, monopolistic, opaque as all hell uh, type, uh, opaque, no transparency in, in how you're being charged, what you're being charged. And um, we can do that. There's resources out there that can help break that down and show you how to best manage your energy and be able to live a, a, an energy independent life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm all for it. And, I, and I'm super excited because, you know, when I got into solar, I can remember this was such a fringe thing, this idea of having a home battery system and everything. It was a very much a fringe thing. And I do have to give credit to Tesla because it was right around, I believe, 2014, 2015, when the first Powerwall was coming out. And, and Tesla and Elon, they kind of mainstreamed this idea of, hey, you can have a home battery. And, and they, made it, they made it palatable to where it wasn't this ugly fringe thing where you could burn yourself with the sulfuric acid. But no, now it was kind of this, this nice looking thing that you would put on your wall and it's going to help you save money. It's going to help you have power during blackouts. And, and now to see where things have come now, it's just really, really exciting. Um, but as I said earlier, you know, you're one of those sort of old industry, well, not old, but you know, you're one of those industry <laughs> veterans. You've been doing this for a long time, like I have, and, and things have changed a lot. Now, one of the, one of the things I sometimes will hear is people will say, yeah, Joe, and I know you talk a lot about this Franklin battery or this other battery, you know, the company is so new. How can we trust that they know what they're doing? And one of the things I say is, well, yes, although the company itself or the brand is a relatively new brand, if you look at the people behind it, those are all people that are industry veterans. They've had a chance to learn a lot of what's worked and what hasn't worked on some of the other battery brands that you're probably more familiar with. And they've been able to take that and build a better battery. So could you talk a little bit about mm -hmm. how has your you and your team's experience, maybe with some other companies, how has that shaped your approach to building a better battery at Franklin? Ah. If you look at the Franklin leadership, very R&D heavy in uh, battery BMS, battery management, system engineering, uh, power conditioning, power electronics, uh, UPS applications, uh, hence why we have a seamless power transfer. And uh, in my background, I come from the lithium supplier space. Uh, in home battery storage, lithium supply, lithium cells are the most expensive component and we, they're hard, it's hard to get it when we're competing against the big automotive uh, OEMs. So being able to have a secure supply chain and su supply chain strategy is uh, a big part of our success. And there's just a lot of experience across the board on the technology and innovation side. And that's why all of Franklin uh, technology is developed in-house by Franklin. And I used to work for LG Chem 
which grew into LG Energy Solution. And we purely made batteries. We, we were lithium battery supplier on the market. Um, I launched both of their uh, home battery products that are available or have been sold in, in North America today. Being able to use that knowledge to understand not only our sales chain, um, it's or to sell the product, it's more important to know how to manage our sales chain because at the end of the day, you guys are our customers. The homeowner is our customer. Our product has to be amenable to everybody working with it, installing it, and servicing it, but our end-all customer is the homeowner. And managing the supply chain such that us, as the equipment manufacturer, are able to keep product on time, uh, delivered, so that installation schedules will met and, and life can continue forward on everyone's solar projects is very hard. And the experience that we have and the track record that we have uh, speaks for itself. A lot of the home battery products on the market are going to be what we call in the industry white labeled technology. So a couple of manufacturers will make a very similar inverter type or a battery type, and then someone else will put their logo on the outside. This is very common with companies that have a lot of brand recognition. You go to the store and you, you recognize their logos and their brands. So they're able to buy rather than uh, uh, build up their own battery. So being able to leverage that brand recognition is to their advantage, although what you're really buying is someone else's technology. I, from going from LG, the core of learning how to build these systems from the inside out, I would never in my life in, go to a career where I was just representing white labeled technology. Um, I would need core IP and having a tier one cell supplier um, again, to going back to having strong s supply chain strategies um, were the two fundamental things that I needed in, in a commercially viable solution for homeowners. And, and I didn't get that at LG and I had it at Franklin. So first job of sales is get behind the best product, right? So, yeah, no, you got to believe it. You got to believe in what you're selling. And that that's, you know, part of why I think I get that question is, you know, Joe, why would you put your name and reputation next to a young product or a young brand It's like, well, I know the folks behind it. And especially you, Lynn, because yeah, I remember when you were at LG, I was one of the first guys selling and installing LG's first residential battery. And, you know, yes, we, we had some learning curve and some some growing pains to get through on those first batteries. And so, you know, for me, I actually have more trust in somebody that has gone through some issues and overcome them than somebody who's brand new and has, an, has a perfect record because they haven't done anything yet. And so I think that's what it was with with the Franklin battery. And I, and I can kind of tell now looking at some of these products, these white label products, like you say, um, I, I, for me now, I can tell which one is somebody took their brand they slapped it on somebody else's generic battery. And that that product under that brand may or may not be here next year, you know, if they didn't get enough traction. And I can also see what it looks like when a company is here to stay. So Franklin was one of the companies that I looked at. And I said, wow, this is a truly innovative product. And the way that you have come to the marketplace you all are here to stay. I mean, you came with an innovative product. You came with supply, support, um, installer training, you know, everything that you needed to make it work. Uh, and it is working. You know, we have our first, you know, handful of Franklin systems that have been recently commissioned that are online now. Um, the first system owners, uh, I, I know one in particular, very, very enthusiastic and telling everybody about it and showing everybody the app and how it works. And, um, and even though it may have been a couple of speed bumps getting there, you know, we got there and very, very pleased with with what that product's providing. 
Um, one question that I wanted to ask you, and I, I'd like to understand this a little bit better, but as somebody who was on that side of things, the manufacturing of battery cells, what does the change from traditional lithium ion to the newer lithium iron phosphate, what does that mean both from a, a features and capabilities for the homeowner, but what, is all, what does it also mean as far as supply chain and where all this stuff comes from? Sure. <clears throat> from the homeowner standpoint, it means that you have inherently a safer battery. Uh, lithium iron phosphate is is iron. They're naturally less aggressive metals. In lithium ion batteries, traditionally that has commercially dominated the market is nickel manganese cobalt or uh, nickel manganese um, aluminum. And the cobalt is a very aggressive metal and is responsible for what we call thermal runaway. This means uh, one cell goes bad, makes a spark, and it makes the next one and the next one and the next one. So the battery catches on fire. The whole battery catches on fire, and a lithium fire is very intense. It's, it's not a campfire. So LFP has officially uh, became uh, surpassed in, in NMC, the cobalt-based batteries, as being the most commercially viable uh, for uh, electric vehicle applications and stationary storage applications. Lithium iron phosphate is more applicable for a stationary battery rather than a vehicle battery because of size constraints. Lithium iron phosphate is a little less energy dense, but it's made to last longer. And with the uh, previous home battery fires that we've experienced with other brands, there's no need to install a battery that isn't lithium iron phosphate now. So the only challenge that you have then once you, you know, hey, choice number one, I have a lithium iron phosphate battery. Um, the next thing that you should know is that the... Um, the that the the product was is is not not a white labeled battery but not a would you say generic uh, not a generic product but actually um a product that was developed by the company themselves because if there's ever an issue with your solution um, that's the actual technology that is going to be troubleshot not the brand logo on the outside but no and i and i'm specifically talking about i have seen some of the large solar panel manufacturers take their brand slap it on what to me is obviously a generic foreign-made battery that they are selling as their battery solution. And I'm, and I'm knowing that that's, they didn't build that, and that may or may not be here with their brand on it next year. It may be a different company's brand on it next year. Who do you call to fix it? You know, you just, is the sticker going to help you or is the hardware inside is, is going to help you? And it's unfortunate because there's what I really enjoy about representing Franklin is what you pay for is the technology innovation. It's the R&D that went into developing the product, not not the marketing and commercial terms and, and things like that. It's and when you have an issue with it, you have one supplier to contact for everything. And um, it just makes for an easier experience for everybody involved. Great. Well, then I, I do have some questions about kind of future features and capabilities. You know, one of the things that's getting a lot of interest right now is this new um, bi-directional EV charging. Now, I know that the EV charger hookup or the, there, there's a part of the Franklin A-Gate that has sort of a dedicated EV charger connection. What do things look like in the future for your product and how, how does bi-directional EV charging fit into the product roadmap? <coughs> Excuse me. Absolutely. Uh, vehicle to H or to house V to H um, is is definitely a concept in, in 
into the grid service conver grid services conversation we had earlier, uh, discharging your car battery to power your home or power the grid versus uh, just leaving it in the tank. So the what's going to come on the roadmap for the Franklin battery is yes, bidirectional EV charging. Please stay tuned. Uh, stay tuned for that. What's currently available is the ability to have what we call smart circuits. So if you do have an electric vehicle and you have a Franklin whole home power system, you can uh, put smart circuit module on and put your heavy loads like your EV charger on dedicated circuits so that if you're in an outage and you're not aware of it, your when your battery reserves come to a certain level, it'll automatically kick off it'll stop charging your EV vehicle so it can focus on your battery reserves during the outage. So there's features for EV charging both now and, and in the future, but we'll have to stay tuned a little bit on the future developments. Yeah. And, and by the way, guys, I think, I think it's all kind of in the future at this point. Everybody's talking about it now. And, you know, I, I think, and I'm not even sure if Ford's product, you actually can get it off the shelf now, but I think they're probably the closest, but um, it is going to be very interesting to see that because that's a whole other category. You know, you talk about um, electric vehicle adoption and the lower cost per kilowatt hour for vehicle batteries than today's home batteries. You know, the ability to integrate your vehicle into your home energy system and make that similar to the net metering, make, making your relationship to your vehicle battery a two-way relationship as well is really, really interesting. I know a lot of folks of you out there are, are you know, excited and, and many of you probably have already made the decision that when it is available, that is definitely a capability that you wanna have. Again, gives you more control over your energy situation. More control, absolutely. That's, that's what we're all looking for. Yeah. That's what we all need. Well, then I know we're kind of running out of time for today's podcast, but is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience? Uh, I, I would. I would like to say that there are resources like Joe out there providing the information, providing the transparency that is necessary to make smart decisions on how you get your piece of solar power. And the sunshine's free right now, as far as I, as far as I know, and the sun's pretty reliable. So if you can enable, if you're enable, if you're able to have solar rooftop solar, um, or are considering it, please talk to Joe so you can get. The, the best information, be well-informed so that you have the best uh, emergency power for, for your home. Well, Lynn, thank you so much for the endorsement and for taking some time to sit down with us. Uh, again, folks, Lynn Tran, Vice President of Product Marketing at Franklin Whole Home Battery. Lynn, thank you so much for spending some time with us, and we wish you very much success with uh, the business this year. Great. Thank you, Joe.